Dun, 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 dun. Welcome back to the Interleague, where instead of Mondays, we record on Tuesdays. We had to skip another podcast, but that's all right. We'll record that on Wednesdays. Welcome back, Spags. I'm Chris. He's Spags. You pointed. I'm pointing right now. I'm pointing because you said you pointed. I do. I do point. I make hand gestures fairly often, like even when when I'm talking. Um, There'll be times like I'm looking at my notes or I'm pointing something out on the screen, and I totally am pointing to it like you can see what I'm doing. Um, I just let it happen, man. I I talk with my hands. Is this why you want video camera with me? Because you're over here like, I'm yeah hey hey get over here get over here i got five over here five over here drop time you know uh yeah yeah i'm sure yeah we can go with that um i just talk with my hands a lot uh i think it would be a different dynamic if we recorded like visually for the podcast um Mm -hmm. you know for like a youtube or something like that but it would be very dynamic it would it would be yeah. Plus five dynamics, I think. Easy. To the yeah. Start. We would then have to, like, probably have someone edit things, like, when we ramble and, and talk whoa, about nonsense. Whoa. Editing. Yeah. I mean, oh, dude, that means we should, like, just talk about baseball for one hour, like, every week, and then have someone edit all that together, you know? Uh, yeah. Yeah. The yeah. Roundup Week. Yeah. We the do have, we up. know people that edit video, so. Yeah. It's fine. We'll we'll figure it out. Right now we're just having fun. You know, if if our two two fans if they want to chime in, they can let uh, us know. It's all quiet on the Twitter front so far though. No, well I haven't actually been on the Twitter in a while. I was I don't know. The I was on there. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I was, I got on there yesterday. Um getting everything set up when we were planning on recording before our unforeseen technical difficulties this is i think it's my first time with a technical difficulty yeah i I've definitely i've been the reason we called off before but not for a technical reason yet yeah i think that and, i think it's only really the the second time we've had technical difficulties like push us back or whatever yeah so for the most part it's been and i still didn't get a new headset we're still rocking the same headset but yeah. This battery is full right now, yeah. and the other one is charging. Keeping an eye on it, you know. So I'm sure I'll let it slip. Um, I looked at headsets again today. Didn't pull the trigger on any of them, so we'll 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 let that cycle in again. Yeah, be all right. I think it's reasonable. I think it's reasonable. Um, but uh, yeah. yeah. Um, again, it it just happens to work out where we. We pushed back a night for unforeseen reasons, but it kind of coincides because tomorrow, pretty big day in the baseball world, or what might be today, depending on when you're listening to this, or it might have been, you know, Wednesday, if you're listening to it in the future. Or Um, depending on who you are, it might have started on Thursday. Yeah. Well, there's only one first day for pitchers and catchers to report. Yeah, but if everything started last Thursday, um, then pitchers and catchers always would report last, last Thursday. Thursday. That's fair. So, I understand. Yeah. I forget that you're a believer in last Thursdayisms. I mean, I just have friends that are believers, so <laughs> and, you know, and I try not to like. And it's funny, so yeah, I don't want to exclude them from anything yeah. that we possibly could talk about. Yeah. You know, that's not. I'm a, I'm an all inclusive type of friend. So. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. Um. 
but yeah, so pitchers and catchers report for a lot of clubs tomorrow. Um, and then full squads start to report, I think, Monday. I think the 22nd is like the earliest that full squads can report. And then uh, games will start up on the 28th, I believe, of February. So we're, you know, a little less than two weeks out from spring training baseball. Do our, uh, I didn't even look, do our guys start pitchers and catchers tomorrow? Uh,. I believe both the Yankees and Cardinals are on that list. We getting any footage? We getting any? Who we getting? Who we getting out of that? What are we getting out of spring? Spring training. I mean, this is not maybe the first year. Hopefully, the last year the interleague is not at a spring training facility. You know, at least for like a week's day. Um, we we'll record the podcast down there. Maybe this will be the last one we you know ever not do that too. But. Until then, we're going to need someone else to cover our sports. We're going to need our updates. Yeah, so, um, and it'll be it'll be interesting. Um, I guess we can kind of get covered a little bit because there's some changes to the spring training schedule. I know there was uh, requests and talks for things to be pushed back. Obviously, none of that happened. Uh, the Cactus League had expressed, like, wanting to push things back a little bit. Um, but everything's just kind of going as normal. I do think it's interesting that the Cactus League, so the there's 14 teams, I believe, that play in Arizona. I think they're all relatively close to each other, um, but they are just operating as usual for 2021, um, with each club playing two games apiece against each of the other 14. So I guess there's 15 teams over there. Um, so they'll get their 28 games in. Um, but the Grapefruit League, so the Florida side, the other 15 teams, it's being split up a little bit more. Um, it, it's being split up into smaller groups because they're more spread out geographically. Like, I'm pretty sure the Ari- like the 15 clubs that play in Arizona are in, like, a 50-mile radius from each other. Um, and obviously, like, in Florida, like, they're kind of up and down the state. Um, but that's why I thought that, like, bubbling for the season in Arizona would have been such a great idea because you could have housed, you know, you could have had 15 games, you know, a day in that same area. Um, so, like, yeah, you could probably couldn't bubble the whole 50, but you would have cut down on the need to travel at all. Like, there would have had to been, like, no travel um, whatsoever for any teams. You could have done it all by bus. Uh so it probably would have been way, way less costly, but you know, whatever they were, you know, obviously they were super concerned with the money they were spending. So yeah. flights all over the, all over the, the, through different States was a, was a necessity, I guess. Yeah. But to be fair, that's probably already like all paid for through a contract with, you know, Delta or American airlines, wherever you fly, like, that money was probably already spent, so they're like, anything extra is extra money we're spending. Um, uh, I'm, the flight, I'm sure, I'm the sure that it is. Yeah, like I'm sure that it is, like to an extent that, like, hey, like this is where it's at, like. But I would think that you would be able to work out, like, hey, we aren't going to utilize you at all this year, so how about we get a like we renegotiate in terms of payment, and we pay less this year. And then pay 
like pay a little bit more in future years, you know, or whatever. Um, however long that contract is, like you could have just kind of played with the numbers to where you didn't have as high of expenditures during a time frame where you didn't have the same amount of income, um, and then you take less of a loss. It's like, yep, you'll eat your profits for the fu- you know future years, so you're still losing the same amount of money long term. But if you feel that over the course of five to ten years, that's much different than one year, you know. Yeah. Um, but hey. I I guess all the owners understand that you know owning a baseball team is not net profitable, and that's what they're that's what they're signed on for. They're we're not as smart as them, Spanx. Yeah, okay. that clearly they know something that I don't. Yeah, um, yeah. you're because they own something. they own a baseball team and I, I don't yeah. yet. So yeah, your uh, your family didn't own a baseball team before you, so clearly I don't know what I'm talking about. Rough dude. Yeah, um, it's not, but yeah, so it's not your business. So not that. So not that spring training games matter much. You don't really see a whole lot. Um, but I, I think it's usually it's usually cool to, like, just see them face, like, you know, different matchups that do exist that do get created and kind of the hodgepodge that is spring training. Um, but that'll obviously be um, limited a little bit more. So in Florida... Um, the clubs that are located on the state's east coast, um, which is Houston, Miami, uh, the Mets, the Cardinals, and the Nationals, uh, they'll only play 24 games among themselves. Um, and then those on the west coast will be divided into two main groups um, that both will play 28 games. Um, one is uh, features the Blue Jays, Phillies, Tigers, and Yankees. Um, the others, the Braves, Rays, Red Sox, and Twins. And then the Orioles and Pirates will kind of split their time between each of those. So it's like four teams exclusively, and then there's like two floater teams that play against the other divisions. Like each division kind of has six teams in there, so everyone kind of has five opponents. Um, With the exception of um, the Astros, Marlins, Mets, Cardinals, and Nationals. They only have the other four teams, and they'll play each team six times most likely play 24 games. Um, so it'll be interesting. Um, Cardinals will get a lot of looks at some teams that are potentially competing for playoff spots, um, you know, in the Marlins, Mets and Nationals. So maybe they'll get to pick up some stuff. You know, they probably won't get a look at, you know, the other team's starters for long, but to at least get some tape on them and whatnot. A little bit, a little bit. Um, the big thing, though, is uh, if fans will be allowed at games or not, and apparently the answer to that is yes. Uh, teams I in mean, both Arizona and Florida are selling a select number of tickets for spring training games. Yeah, we're talking about Arizona and Florida here. And was, I don't know. Um, I mean, there's. To be fair, they're like. The NHL's opened it up like the Blues have had fans at the last couple games of theirs. Um, not a lot, obviously. I mean, it's like, I don't even think it's like 10% capacity that they fill. Um, I think there's more this go-round for the games getting ready to come up. But I think yeah. I think that uh, Enterprise Center holds like 18,000 and some change, maybe. Um, and they were only selling like 1,400 tickets for the first round of games. I mean, granted, a bigger park, but what the Super Bowl had like a little over twenty thousand people at it. 
Um, yeah, something like that. So I, I think we're getting to a point, like, obviously, as time goes on and if the vaccine seems to be effective and seems to work and, you know, continue to wear masks and have other safety protocols in place, um, I know, like, with the blues um, stuff, like, there's quite a bit, like, you're not allowed to bring bags. Um, you're not allowed to um, have your mask on unless it's to eat and drink food. Um, you're only allowed to eat and drink food at your designated seat. Um, there's an area where, like, I think you can uh, eat, like, in the concourse, but there it's, like, limited areas, and it's limited. I think, like, only one or two people at a time can be in those areas. And, um, like, there, there's just, like, a lot of different things. Like, I think they have, like, hand sanitizer, so it's, like, whenever you purchase something like you're required to use hand sanitizer or something like that. Um, there's just quite a bit that obviously goes into them trying to make sure everyone remains safe. Um, long story short, like if you end up at a blues game, which tickets are, they're not on reasonably priced. I think I could have got like upper bowl tickets for like 50 bucks, um, which is about the normal, the normal price for, yeah. for tickets. Um, for like non-premium games so it uh but if you go it's essentially just like just plan on hanging out in your seat for you know three periods and calling it a day <laughs> you know like you're I mean, just not going to be up walking around doing a whole lot but better than nothing though yeah i and like i'm i'm tempted like the only reason why i didn't buy tickets for this last session um is because they uh the weather coming in i knew it was going to be shitty and i was like eh like I, I don't really want to drive out in the snow um but i would imagine as it gets closer to like the end of the season because i mean we're not i i want to say the nhl is like not too far out like they're probably like damn near the halfway point for a lot of teams honestly i don't know the blues have had so many games rescheduled now so just... well they, they actually like they haven't well they they've had games switched I guess yeah, yeah, so. Yeah. They've That's been a, yeah, playing, rescheduled. yeah. They've been playing games, just not against the opponent they thought they were going to be playing. They've been playing one person the whole <laughs> yeah. time, one team for yeah. two weeks. But yeah, so they're at sixteen games. So yeah, the Blues are a third of the way through their games played because it's only forty-eight games all they're playing. Um, I think maybe it's fifty-six. What's eight times seven? Fifty-six. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So mm. you pay. Yeah, uh, the other seven teams in your division eight times. So. And they still got like 40 games left. Um, they played eight at home. So, and eight on the road. So still like 20 games left at home. So I'll probably make it to one at some point. But I think yeah, it would yeah. be cool to like catch a Blues game with only, you know, 2,000 people in the stands. Oh, dude, you'll still hear. <laughs> yeah, because I'll be the one doing Woo. it. Oh, wow. Dude, you're yeah. going to be one of those guys. I'll, I'll be wooing it up. Mm, mm, mm. Um, yeah, so so we'll see. But spring training right around the corner. Um, obviously, Cardinals have some new guys to be excited about. Um, couple guys, you know, jockeying for positions with the Yankees. So I'll probably pay attention to it. Um, and I'm I'm just stoked for for baseball to be back. So, and it'll give us something to talk about. Yeah, I mean, you're going to be watching Nolan Arenado on just a daily basis soon, so it's pretty much just been, you know, 
thinking about that day and night for uh you know forever now so pretty exciting. <laughs> yeah just you know probably 2018 those rumors started you know you know so baseball is you know gonna be excited because you know nolan arenado's on the team if nobody heard so yeah. pretty excited no more tony losey but uh hey, hey uh it's the opposite of not great yeah, you gotta true. if you want if you want superstars, you gotta give up superstars, man. That's just the way it goes. Yeah, true. You gotta know when to hold them and know when to fold them. You know, <laughs> that should be a song, man. That was yeah, beautiful. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. yeah, I made that up. Right We're copywriting now. that right now. You heard it here first. Trademarked. Yeah, heard it here first. So um, is also trademarked future Hall of Famer Tony Losey. Yeah, TM. yeah. If he went that TM, if he ever wins a Cy Young, that guy owes us money. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, uh, what was your bonus check for that? Yeah, we called that. So yeah, we'll starting, take uh, we'll you, take fifty percent. We're at least your first uh, interview. Yeah, and season tickets, please. They yeah, can just be they can just be the standing room only season ticket packages. I don't care. Like, you can just spend you know fifty bucks a month on us, whatever. That's fine. Yeah, yeah. I'd imagine this is not the best year to look into the standing room only season tickets. Yeah, probably not. Yeah. Although I wonder if that counts as like a like a year of season ticket holding, you know? Um, that's a great like question. An, I I don't know. Purchaser. Yeah, I don't know if they if they do something like that. Like, I the only season ticket holder I've ever been is for the Blues, and I know that they like tenure certainly plays a part for them. Um, it's like the package that you have, and then the tenure is like how they they base like when you're eligible to purchase tickets um and then also it's been like if you if you've already purchased tickets so i think like on the second round i was in wave four instead of wave nine or whatever it was or wave seven i was in wave seven of ten this time i was in wave four um but uh yeah getting closer yeah getting closer. I, and i could have bought tickets like there were actually tickets still available and i actually got a secondary so so you could have bought tickets to one game and it was two or four tickets were the only pods available to purchase um and then so i could have i could have bought that and then I got a secondary email that it was like, hey, like we still have tickets available. So now you can buy any amount of tickets to the remaining games that you want to before they open it up and like in a more public fashion. Hmm. So looks like they didn't sell as quickly this time around. Um, but I imagine that part of that also had to do with the giant snowstorm we just had hit, you know, Truth. What, two days ago, Sunday, Monday. When did nope. it snow? Sunday? Uh, yesterday. Did it snow yesterday? All day? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I guess yeah, it yeah. started. Yeah, I guess it started in the morning. You're right, you're right. All um, right. <clears throat> but yeah, so so we'll see. Um, so it might be worth looking into, but yeah, I think, uh, I think once the weather starts to get a little nicer, it'll be it'll be something that we we invest in for sure or when sorry when the weather gets nicer that's when baseball will be around but when the when covid starts to slow down uh gets a little bit more under control from where it is now i mean i guess it everything i've i've seen like it it's contradicts itself all the time it's like 
sometimes the numbers are spiking. Sometimes the numbers are dipping. You know, it just seems like that's how it's going to be. Um, so who knows? You know, maybe 2022 will be our year. Yeah, we're trying real hard. Dude. Yeah. Um, but yeah, let's see. I guess we can... That We kind of covered a little bit of the agenda so far because, you know, the spring training changes were on there. True, true. Um, not... Not a whole lot. I mean, obviously, with with spring training starting up tomorrow for pitchers and catchers, um, players reporting in about a week or so, a little less than a week for most teams, it's kind of just like those finishing touches that teams are putting on there. Um, But it is surprising because there's still some big names. Um, Like, I know, like, from, from Yankee standpoint, like, I still think... Um, like I know uh, we've talked about getting like an impact left-handed bat, um, which we had all assumed was going to be Brett Gardner for a long time. Cause that just seems to be their guy. All always. time, all time Yankees uh, contract <clears throat> signer. Yeah. He signs all the contracts. Um, that, and then solidifying the bullpen, you know, just adding some more depth pieces to just kind of expand out what your options are. Uh, and then for, for me, it would be really like another starter. Like if they brought in another starter, um, I wouldn't be mad about it. I don't think that they need another starter. Um, but, but I can't, can't go wrong with pitching though. You know correct. Like you, you can never have too much pitching. Um, and to, to prove that like there's the, the Padres made some, some deals, they signed some guys and I was reading a number on their depth in their bullpen, and we'll get into it when we get to like the free agent signings. But it's insane. That's why I made a note of it because of the situation that they have in terms of a bullpen. Um, <clears throat> but to address some of the needs for the Yankees, they signed Jay Bruce to a minor league deal, which I'm a big fan of the deal. Um, if he makes the team, it it'll end up being a one year uh, deal for 1.35 million. And then uh, he gets a 50K bonus uh, for 400, 450, and 500 plate appearances. So essentially an extra, you know, 150,000 if he, you know, hits 500 plate appearances in the year. And so it would be a total of like one and a half million for a one-year deal. Ideally, it's just going to be someone that can come off the bench in like a late inning situation as a left-handed option. Um, you know, uh, a decent outfield choice for when someone gets hurt in case the yoga wasn't the answer to the problem with uh stanton or judge <clears throat> so um and they, yeah, they not, not a bad move yeah so i i like it it's relatively cheap and it does fill a hole that existed um and then the only other signing they had was they signed justin wilson um I think, again, like just like a one-year deal. Um, he pitched for the Yankees a long time ago, but he spent the last two seasons with, uh, with the Mets. And his name isn't flashy. Like, he's not going to be a back-end-of-the-bullpen kind of guy. But he's been extremely serviceable. Um, so he's made like 68 appearances over the last two years with the Mets, which isn't a ton. It's probably about the... 
uh, it's a little above average for like a single season, I would think. Like probably about, you know, the 50 to 60 appearance range is probably about normal for a relief pitcher in a 162-game season. Um, so with it being like a season and a half, it's used a little less than that. But um, so I was reading up about like his stats, and he has a 143 ERA plus. And so basically what that is is like they – I, I don't know who creates said formula, but they adjust like your ERA to, like to account for like the parks that you pitch in and whatnot um, to account for like what your earned run average, your you know advanced earned run average would be. And essentially 100 is the league average. Um, so him being at 143, he's like 43% above average. Um, in comparison, like, Mariano Rivera's career ERA plus was a 205. Um, so decent, decent numbers in a very small sample size. Um, obviously, pitching for the Mets is a little bit different than pitching for the Yankees because, you know, maybe not this year, but um, the NL East hasn't been that great in years past. Um, he did pitch for the Mets, which had one of the shittier offenses in that division. So we'll see, but it's a, it's another left-handed option out of the bullpen um, to just kind of coincide with O'Day and um, Chapman, Britton, Green, and I have Wilson. So they have like five or six options that are pretty pretty good high leverage arms. I'm I'm on board with. Um, and then the only other rumors really for the Yankees. Uh, is surprisingly, even with the Jay Brew signing, a uh, Brett Gardner reunion is apparently still on the table. <laughs> so, they might, they might need a, you know, like a hitting coach or something. Yeah, you know? I don't know what position he'll play or How what role he'll coach. fill. Um, but yeah, like um, his job position is the owner of the Yankee Way. He's the CEO of the Yankee Way. <laughs> And he just talks to everybody about how to become a great Yankee and how to stay a Yankee for your whole career and stuff like that. That's what his job is. So, um, yeah. So again, like, and it's, it's real simple for me to sit up there, like to sit here and say like that these teams could have spent this money. Um, but I think it's just like the, the aggravation. Cause like I, I made a list. I think there's like 11 signings that I made note of. And essentially it is like the only signings I talked about were signings that I felt were either relevant because one of our two teams, if not both should have likely been interested in a guy like that. Or it was a, a team that I directly is going to be in competition with one of our teams. And I feel like it's kind of a key piece that could, that could play a part. Yeah. Um, and everything. Um, so, so we'll see, but I, I like that, you know, like the kind of finishing touches that they have there, I think are great. Um, there's obviously still like, I, I would say there's probably two free agents out there that I think would be worth taking a flyer on. Um, or I should say that I think would be worth signing in terms of starting pitchers. And one of them, I think, is the guy that you could get for a pretty relatively team-friendly deal um, in Taiwan Walker. So mm, yep. uh, I've been talking about him since, like, 
the new year when I took the new approach when I came up with the Corey Kluber signing that Brian Cashman stole from me. Um, totally, totally stole. <laughs> so, I I think both because I mean, they've talked about like the Cardinals still being interested in that. Um, I think Gomber was kind of slated to be the number five, and with him being dealt in the Arenado deal, I think you have a question mark in that role. Um, but if you can bring in a guy on a team-friendly deal, like you're in a situation where like Kim could be gone next year, Wayno's probably you know could be gone next year. You don't know what you're going to get back from Hudson. Um, so like, it's like the only two guys that you really have under contract in terms of starters. Um, long term are Flaherty, who's in arbitration, so not really long term, but multiple years still. And then you have um, Miles Michaelis, which you don't know what he's going to look like. We'll see. Uh, we'll see how he performs this year. Yeah. So if you could add in pieces for guys that are like, you know, hey, like we'll we'll bring you in for like a one year with a team option, you know, or something. Or, like, just get them, get their foot in the door and see that they like playing here. Um, and then you try to flip that into an extension, you know, throughout the year or something along those lines if it's a good fit. Uh, I, I think it's extremely reasonable. And then, worst case scenario, it doesn't work out. And then you you just cut ties with them after the one year anyway. You know, whatever. Like, Bye. hey, appreciate your efforts. Um, Sorry if you're. I don't know. I, I don't know if you're waiting for me to say anything. Yeah. No, no, no. I, the, uh, yeah, I would just mirror what you said. The Cardinals rotation, like we definitely have some. I think it'll work out regardless if we don't sign another player. But I'm always still going to be in that boat. Like I just, just, as long as the Cardinals will realize it quickly, like if they have a problem and try to manufacture some way. But I also, I don't also want us to like just sell out on pitching because like i'm pretty suspect of our hitting still so like we're our our pitching is already going to carry us in games um so if we're going to look i mean bats would probably be the place but we're a little late in the game to be looking at bats still um we'll be starting the season with the bats we got um um i i agree i mean like there there are definitely guys that i i guess like could still be looked at um but it is definitely more slim pickings um i think from from the like a a cardinals camp perspective i think that there were some signings that i view as missed opportunities um and again like i'm there's no way for us to know for sure that the cardinals were or weren't in on anybody um Cardinals don't really make a lot of that public anyway. Uh, so it's not to say that they didn't inquire. Or they didn't talk to some guys. Um, but I like, I guess for, for me, like where my stance comes from is the guys that are like, that they did sign seeing what they signed for that. It's like, mm-hmm. why, why weren't you willing to make this investment? Like, so the only reason why I could assume that you didn't sign the guy to this deal is that you weren't interested. Um, like, you weren't looking at this guy. Uh, so kind of doing the same thing um, for the Cardinals. Like, we, I've looked through with, like, what their team needs were. Um, and really, like, it. it's more of the same of what we've kind of talked about. 
Um, for for majority of the the off season, we talked about like that utility guy, you know, type role, um, and then an impact bat. Um, and ideally, like the impact bat would have been someone to improve the outfield. Well, they got the impact bat. It didn't. It wasn't an outfield bat that got improved. Um, and then they removed Fowler from the mix. So, so if anything, they lost the best hitting outfielder they had. Yeah. So it's again. So it it so it definitely it feels a little wonky. But obviously, like I think Arenado definitely changes the complexion of that lineup. Um, yeah, you you lost Fowler, so your outfield gets a little worse. But Fowler was going to be like a number six hole, number seven hole hitter. So you essentially just swapped him out for like a pure three, four, five hitter. Um, so the heart of your lineup is significant, looks significantly different. Um, like there, there shouldn't really be a lineup that had like pending injuries, obviously, but Dylan Carlson should never be your number four hitter in two, in 2021. Like yeah. if anyone other than Goldschmidt, Arenado and DeYoung in some form or fashion make up the three, four, five slots in the Cardinals lineup, Mike Schilt should probably be fired. Um, if it's one game here or there, like you're trying to shake things up because guys are slumping. So unforeseen circumstances aside, but if it's like a stretch of like six or seven games and, you know, Carlson's just batting in like the three or four hole on a regular basis, you're doing it wrong. Like Schilt should be let go. Like go to Kansas City and just like work with Matheny because apparently that's all you can do is just, you know, be dumb. Um. So I, I, don't, I, I don't think you'll see that. I think you'll see a much more like top, more lenient lineup. Uh, but I do think we'll see Dylan Carlson in that like you know number two slot. Like like Tommy Edmond, I guess would be leading off at this point in time since Colton Wong's definitely not coming back. Right. Dexter Fowler's not batting lead off, so that seems to be um, Edmond's job. Unless you know Matt Carpenter's favorite job is to hit lead off. So yeah, I just don't think you're. So I I think that it's it's likely. Um, gonna be in a scenario where there's a uh, no universal DH. I yeah, think. I would imagine. Um, so I don't, I don't know that you have a spot for Matt Carpenter. Um, I think he's just gonna be like, I guess he's the closest thing you have to that utility guy because like he could play third, yeah. he could play second, he could play first. Yeah, um, you're gonna see him at second. I, well, I, I know. I guess not really, because like Sosa is also gonna play. Yeah, right. Yeah, Matt Carpenter is really. It's gonna be a weird year for Matt Carpenter. Yeah, sure. it, it's it's going to be an expensive bench situation, which is why I think it's great that the Cardinals had Colorado pay, paying all of Arenado's contract in 2021, but there's essentially 18 million of Matt Carpenter's contract that they're eating. <laughs> And now they're eating a bulk of Fowler's contract, like that twelve million or whatever it was. So between the two of them, if Carpenter barely plays, you you're paying thirty million to those two for doing absolutely nothing. So you're basically paying for Nolan Arenado's contract. Um, it just isn't double Arenado's contract. So you're not wasting right. money this year. You're just breaking yeah. even. Yeah. Um, and I, I think that's great. yeah. I think that's a I think that's a great scenario. Um, yeah. like it's, I only think it's a great scenario if he doesn't opt out after the first year. Correct. Like, uh, <laughs> of course there are, as we talked in great length, like there are a few like random situations where if things go like the absolute worst they can, 
the deal could end up being really shitty for the Cardinals. But at at face value for what it is right now, I don't know how the Cardinals wouldn't have taken that deal. Yeah. Um, so all they can I mean, do is put faith that they can convince Arenado to ground. And hell, maybe Arenado is just a toxic asshole and he's a whiny little baby and him opting out is a blessing. Like maybe he just isn't the kind of guy that everyone paints him out to be and his issues in Colorado were super self-inflicted. Um, cause like I said, like the, it's not like the Rockies were terrible. Um, I mean, like they got off to a great start through like the first quarter of the season this last year and then fell apart. They were in it. Like they only missed the playoffs by three games. And that's with Arenado sitting for the last week and a half. Um, they've, you know, had, 90 win seasons in the last five years, just like the Cardinals have. So, I mean, the Rockies, their their production really wasn't much different. The difference is the Rockies play in the NL West and the Cardinals play in the NL Central. It's like the Rockies made the playoffs the same amount of times that the Cardinals did, but the like the Rockies were never competing to win a division. Like they were never going to compete with the Dodgers. They were never going to compete now with the Dodgers or the Padres, um, at least for the near future. Um, and when you have teams like San Francisco, that's trying to get back in the mix, like Arizona and Colorado, just in like this weird sense, um, you know, so it's, it's great that, you know, Arenado got out of there if he was legitimately unhappy, uh, which is what the, the situation certainly seemed to be. Um, but it could just be like, there, there's no making him happy. Like maybe he's just like another, like Colby Rasmus, you know, where it's more self-inflicted though, and not his dad's fault. But, you know, that he's just like that prima donna attitude and he thinks he's something special. He doesn't he doesn't strike me that way. So I don't think that'll be the case. But who knows? Yeah, I think it will tell a little bit by how many players the Rockies continue to get rid of. Um, if, you know, they get rid of Blackman, Trevor Story, um, you know, we'll see. They're just on a full full rebuild, just dealing with it, and and no one should blame them because, again, they have two teams in front of them that are just very stacked right now, and the Dodgers aren't going anywhere anywhere away anytime soon. So you might as well, you know, you know take a good crack at uh, rebuilding your club. Yeah, and I guess like that's that's kind of what's borderline surprising to me, um, and maybe it was a deal like this is what it took to be able to deal Arenado. Um, you know, I, I obviously I think the Cardinals were dealing from a position of power because they like Arenado was only going to waive his contract to go or waive his uh, no trade clause to go to the Dodgers or St. Louis, apparently. And they're like they had openly said that they weren't going to deal him to L.A. Uh, like they weren't dealing him in division. So like the Cardinals had all the cards on their side of the table. Um, but it, it's just odd to me that like they if this was the route they were going to go, then like, if you're going to rebuild, like why not try to trade Charlie Blackman? Like why not try to trade Trevor story? Um, well, cause I would think that their, their value is going to be more mid year than they probably are right now, even though their value is probably high right now, but a lot of people saw the Arenado trade is not very good. So like maybe they didn't want to just be like, Oh, like we are just kind of sitting ducks here, but let their production ramp up again, teams that are trying to make a push for it. Like, you know, really see what they can really see what they can get out of them. So, um, and have, so you, so yes, like getting, you might be able to get more value as like the trade deadline nears and teams know if they're a contender or not. But at the same time, 
like for for example if because Arenado started the year with the Cardinals if he opts out and goes to free agency the Cardinals can offer him a qualifying contract if he declines that and he signs somewhere else they get draft pick compensation in return for that if say the Cardinals did that same deal for Arenado at the trade deadline and he opted out because he wasn't with the Cardinals all year, they can't offer him a qualifying offer and they no longer can get that draft pick compensation. So to have a player all year, I think makes it, it adds that additional incentive. So for, for the Rockies, they could be like, well, Hey, throw in that extra, you know, prospect or two because if he go if he leaves and goes elsewhere, you're going to be compensated that player back in form of a draft pick in the future. So like where you don't have to worry about your shortstop now because you, you dealt for Trevor Story, and if you re-sign him, great. But whenever the time comes that he leaves your team, you know you you have that draft pick compensation in return because you you can pretty much assure he's going to get a multi-year deal somewhere, so he's going to turn down the one-year offer. Yeah. Um, so it, it has its perks, but a team that's like right there on the cusp might be willing to trade a little bit more in terms of prospect depth because they're not wanting to give up anything at the major league level. And if that's the type of rebuild that you're trying to go through, um, but it's also situations like David Dahl left just via free agency. Like they didn't try to like deal him or anything like that. And it's like, it, it just felt like this Arenado deal kind of developed out of thin air and unexpectedly because they didn't kind of, they didn't piece it together with the other things that I felt like they should have for that, for it to go that route. Um, like it, it feels the same way for like the Cubs with dealing you Darvish, like cool. Like you, you dealt you Darvish, but you held on to like Baez, Bryant, Rizzo, like you didn't deal any of these other guys. So you're not full on rebuilding. And then you brought in Arietta, you brought in Jack Peterson, you know, it's like you've made other moves to make additions after you let Schwarber leave. It's like, yeah, you, you've probably saved a little bit of money because Arietta's making less than Darvish and Peterson's making less than Schwarber, but your team's probably also a little worse. Yeah. And you like, so you aren't rebuilding. You still got to figure out, you still got to figure out what you're doing with the rest of your pieces. So it just seems odd. Like granted, they got a pretty decent return in terms of players from San Diego for Darvish. Um, but it, it, like I said, it just feels clunky that like they're uncertain what they want to do. You know, and maybe it's because Theo Epstein isn't at the helm anymore. So there's like, we don't know. We don't know. How do we do this? Can what do we do? You, can you teach me to baseball? Nope. Um, but yeah, so so for the Cardinals, I like like you said, it's that utility guy is a very interesting situation. Um, it's been Edmund in years past. Um, Wong obviously signing with the Brewers means that there's no return there. So Edmonds likely going to be their everyday second baseman, which means he can't be your utility guy. So you have like Edmondo Sosa, who is like a middle infielder. I honestly don't know if he plays anywhere other than second. Um, he might be like a third base shortstop kind of guy as well. Um, although I don't think first and third, I don't think you're really worried about. As long as they don't get hurt, Goldschmidt and Arenado are going to play 
155 games or more. So you're you're not really worried about having backups for those guys. Um, of course, like if if Arenado did get hurt, you always have like a Nolan Gorman that you can call up. Yeah. Uh, so like there's still options there. <clears throat> but but it it's just this this weird situation for um I think the the bigger thing like you talked about is like that impact bat um and it's really because like there there isn't a whole lot of depth um you know when we're looking at the bench you know if you figure that you have a starting outfield that you slate you know Carlson in the Fowler spot so you're looking at like O'Neal Bader Carlson um if you carry like you know you're say you carry like five or six guys on the bench tops uh it's probably more like probably gonna be more like five i would think um in the nl uh especially with no universal dh so you're probably looking like two outfielders two infielders and a catcher uh so your catcher is gonna be you know probably like heineman or um, I forget like the, the other guy that they just signed. Um, but I guess like the taxi squad, um, you can have the five players, but one of them has to be a catcher. Um, so like there's that kind of aspect like that might be, Oh, the kid from the Mets. Yeah. Whoever they got, I forgot his name. I didn't make note of it. I saw it, but I didn't jot it down. Um, but it's like that, that kind of role, like, but let's just say, like, if it's Heineman or Kisner is, like, your your backup catcher. Um, your infielders, you're probably looking at, like, Sosa and Carpenter. And your outfielders, you're probably looking at Lane Thomas and, you know, maybe, like, a, what is it, Justin Williams or, like, an Austin Dean. Something like that. So, okay options, but a ton, a ton of unknown um, and no one that's really going to, like, strike fear into the heart of anyone. Um, and if you're going to give guys days off, that's just what you're replacing them with. It's like it just the, – the depth is very mediocre compared to what it has been in terms of, like, this highly touted, like, hey, we have all of these other pieces. Um, you know, so I just – I don't know. The bench doesn't look that great. So if you have, like, a pinch hit situation late in the game – like it, it like there isn't that Jay Bruce type guy that you have available to you, um, and I think that like there were opportunities for players out there, like not necessarily Bruce himself, because I don't even know if Bruce will make the the Yankees lineup, um, if he'll make the team, uh, but I I just see like guys like uh, Adam Duvall signed with the Marlins, one year, five million dollars. Like, big-time home run hitter uh, for the Reds and the Braves over the last couple of years. Uh, he's probably, like, a 20 to 30 home run type guy, I want to say, without looking at his numbers. Um, but a, a one-year, $5 million deal, like, that's not not that bad of a signing. It's not horrible. You know, um, <clears throat> I, like, I, I hate Marwin Gonzalez, so I think his contract, I love that he got next to nothing. Um, but I forgot, I feel like there was one other guy that I made note of. Um, oh, so there's a, a couple guys, uh, like I think like Brad Miller's close to signing a deal with the Phillies and that's rumored to be like in the, the one year, like $3 million range. That's like, Hey, like 
if you're looking for a utility guy and an impact bat, like a guy that can put together good at bats for you, um, he showed some flashes of power last year. But like, why not bring that guy back into the mix? Like a guy that can play short, third, second, you know, can bat from the left side of the plate. You know, like Edmund can move out to the outfield and you can shift around in there. So it just, I, I feel like those kind of signings are like the finishing touches that the Cardinals should have been looking at. And I don't feel like they did that. Like they, they did like Arenado and then it was like Wayno Molina and we're done. Like this is the team we're going to win a world series with. And really the only difference is like you have Arenado and now you don't have Miller Wong or Fowler. And those were three of your better offensive production guys last year. So it's like it's like basically just going going in there and being like, All right, now we need all these guys to step up to the plate and perform at a big at at an at a like have like high level output and produce and do it over hundred and sixty two games and the like if not yeah, they... this is gonna this is all gonna fall apart real quick. They also need a lot of guys to be completely different hitters than they were last year. Right. We'll see what that 60 game series is about. But even like the guys you let go that were some of our best hitters, like we're still hitting like 230. Like, is Brad Miller really your savior? Like, yeah, he might be, he might be good, but like, is he just taking away time from Sosa? Because like Sosa can still play second and Edmund can still go track the outfield if he wants to. Like, there are options. Like, we just don't know what they're going to look like. And Brad Miller, like, I, we were hyped on him for a little bit, but man, did like we talk shit on him for like him hitting fourth all the time, even like he had a couple home runs here and there. But, but so, uh, so yes, like, I don't think Brad Miller is a number four hitter, and I don't think he should have been a number four hitter last year. It just goes to show how bad the Cardinals' offense was. But in this, with this team, with Arenado being here, your three, four, five should be solidified. Um, like you're talking about Brad Miller being like a number six, number seven hitter in this lineup. And I think that that does extend your lineup. Um, I think you even can slot him in. Like if Edmund's struggling at the top of the lineup, Miller and Carlson could be a one, two punch for you. Um, so like it gives you some flexibility. That's why I think it's a, he's not that he's not, he's not necessarily that impact bat, but he's part impact bat part part utility guy so it kind of checks both boxes even though it doesn't fully fulfill either um and it's just a very like low risk low cost deal um for a guy that had a decent amount of success for the cardinals last year in the grand scheme of things so like yep maybe miller isn't expected to start anywhere every day but if he's getting at bats or you have him as a bench option, like that's not, it's not terrible. Um, if a men, if Edmondo Sosa is like a guy of the future, do you want him just to sit on the bench for 140 games this season? You know, like are you, you know, like the only time he's probably going to get regular playing time is if Edmonds does terrible or someone gets hurt. And like, neither one of like, neither one of those are situations that can't be rectified with him just being in Memphis. So like, to me, I think it makes more sense. Like if you're just, if you're going to have a depth piece, like, you know, if they're going to run with five outfielders and it's Lane Thomas and Williams, like in the outfield, along with Carlson and Bader and O'Neill, like 
really someone isn't getting the bat the at bats that they should. Um, that's why to me it made sense that like if you just would have kept Fowler around and just let Carlson play every day in Memphis, like hey, like it's not that you did terrible last year. We're we're ready for you. We'll have a spot for you when Fowler leaves. Like we're we're paying him. So let's just let you hone your skills down there and maybe have him play center field every day. And then you can stop investing into Harrison Bader. Like that just isn't your center fielder of the future. Carlson is, you know, like, so that, that's, what's weird to me. It's like if O'Neal and Bader and Carlson are all hitting. So now Lane Thomas is just sitting on the bench, getting no at bats, you know, at the major league level, he's just practicing with the team. Um, It's like the same thing with like, Kisner behind Molina like yeah Kisner's 26 but he has very minimal MLB exposure because he's been behind Molina the whole time you are not going to catch me complaining about someone sitting on the bench for the outfield playing well that's not gonna lie about that just they're playing well and like there's a guy to sit on the bench because the three guys out there are you know are just playing well then but and better than I've seen the past two years no and and I get that but what I'm saying is that like you have like if you just need a guy to be serviceable and you're like hey you're going to be our fifth outfielder we're going to have you we're going to have you play maybe like once a week you know whatever you're probably not going to get many at bats like why like that doesn't need to be one of your outfielders of the future you know like if you're going to like it would be like the white Sox calling up like uh what's his name Luis Robert to do that you know like hey like you're gonna be our fifth outfielder. We know you're our superstar of the future. You know, like everyone hypes you up to be the next Mike Trout, but we're just gonna have you play the bench. Like, no, yeah, like just play every day. Get used to playing 140, 150 games. Go through the struggles of this. Be consistent, and then when the when we have a spot for you, you're gonna come up and start at the major league level, um, or when we can get you regular playing time. And it's just weird to me that like that they're going like they that's why I think they could have brought in like an Adam Duvall, you know, or uh, like a, a Brad Miller, you know, something like that. Like this just low key, like, hey, we're going to invest a little bit of money. Um, probably not going to play every day. You're not really a starter, but you're a veteran of the game. Like you go about it the right way. You're going to take good at bats. Like, you're not going to kill us when you're in the game, and we're not worried about you not developing further because you're not the future of our team. Like, this is a one-year deal because we don't expect you to be in a Cardinal uniform next year. You know, like, if Lane Thomas is going to be your everyday left fielder for 2022-2023, do you want him taking an entire year off that you have no idea what he had because he didn't get any playing time is, is the point I'm trying to make. The last guy the Cardinals signed to a deal like that was uh, 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 what was the third baseman's name? Uh, um, um, uh, I, I, all I can think of is Gritchick, and that's not his name, obviously. Uh, oh, you're talking about Jed Jerko? Yeah, Jed Jerko. <laughs> yeah. That's what Jed Jerko's exact. Hey, you know, we're gonna kind of need you to come off the bench here and there, like, but like, yeah, and it worked well. We don't need you every day, and then we ended up needing him every day. He was like one of the best hitters we have. <laughs> yeah. And that's because someone and and again, like if someone gets hurt or, you know, Edmonds doing shitty or Bader's doing shitty and you have, you know, you have Lane Thomas down in Memphis or you had Armando Sosa down in Memphis, 
like it's a real quick call up like you can just call him up to the majors it's not like it takes a month for that to happen like he has to walk here from nashville or from memphis i mean um to get you know to get to the club like oh well he's gonna start his truck he'll be here in nine days you know like that's not uh, it's just a quick plane ride like he'll he can be there whatever um so you you still have the same protection like oh so and so got hurt like cool we'll put him on the il we have a roster spot and we'll call somebody up to fill that spot we'll kick him back down to memphis when this guy comes off if you know whoever's not playing well um it's just it's it's a a very weird situation for where the bench is at and i think that it, it could be better utilized um because I feel like your your first guys off the bench, it's probably gonna be like Carpenter will probably be pretty high up there, because um, you can't send him down. Like he's gonna like if you send him down, I think he's out of options, so he'd have to clear waivers. Someone's gonna, you know, I doubt anyone takes him, but he's gonna be yeah, like, maybe hey, that's, maybe that's what you want to happen. You're like, oh yeah, I mean, uh, if someone's willing to eat that contract, sneaky, sneaky move, yeah. sneaky move. Yeah, if someone's willing to eat that contract, great. But what will happen is no one will claim him. And then because of how long he's been in the league, he'll be like, hey, like you either need to trade me or designate me for assignment so I can just become a free agent. Um, you can cut me and no one's going to trade like to take on that contract. Um, so the Cardinals probably end up just cutting him and then someone else will sign him at a league minimum deal and the Cardinals are still paying him his 18 million a year. So it's just a shitty deal. Like you're probably not sending Carpenter down to Memphis. So you're eating up a, a, a spot that you're going to utilize on a fairly regular basis. So that's why I think just having a more veteran guy to mix into the outfield ideally could have been cheaper than Fowler, but you're, you were already paying a whole bunch of Fowler's money anyway. So who knows? Maybe, maybe that should have been the play was just keep Fowler around. Maybe, I don't know. It just, it, it seems weird. Like the Cardinals don't seem very deep. Like if the Cardinals were to deal with the level of injuries that like the Yankees deal with, they're, they're probably going to finish below 500. <laughs> like That's your opinion, dude. John Mosellock has us primed and ready to go. Dude, we got all the outfielders we need. We got seven of them again, easily. Yeah. Nolan Arenado at third base. Hello. So, you know. Yeah. I, again, I, it definitely is Don't just my opinion. Don't question most facts. Okay? It's fair. It, it's definitely just my opinion. It just, it feels different than years past. Like well, the Cardinals definitely it. had like one of their strong suits was like, they, they had a decent amount of depth. Like there were a lot of like up and coming, like bright spots in the minor leagues. And it doesn't feel that way anymore. It feels like they're all here. So I I don't know what they have after that. Like if someone struggles, if someone gets hurt, I don't know who they go to. You know what I mean? Well, you better just look at the list of their names, dude. There's plenty of guys. <laughs> yeah, but they're all up at the majors, uh, though. They're all yeah, on dude. the major league roster already. Yeah, dude. Nolan Goldman can also play outfield. You didn't know that. Uh, well, every everyone for the Cardinals also plays outfield. Yeah, it's a qualification to be on the team is that at some point in time, you got to play outfield. So like they had, he's played outfield. Yeah, they had Albert Pujols and Chris Duncan play the outfield. Like yeah, anyone yeah. can play outfield for the Cardinals. 
True. That's why I think it's great that people bitched about Marcelo Zuna's defensive capabilities in left field. I'm like, guys, like, come on. This was this was a team that for years had, like, Pujols out there. They had Chris Duncan out there. They had Matt Holiday out there. Like, there hasn't really been this, like, amazing left fielder in defense. And then now you got Gold Glove winner Tyler O'Neill. So it's definitely a game changer. Yeah. But... Hey, we were complaining about defense for so long, and look at that. We're better at defense now. Yeah. Boom. How about that? Um, so, now the That's only we other. Really care about guys. Fast guys. <laughs> if we steal bases this year, we're going to be a really good team. If we steal bases. But in order to steal bases, you have to hit the ball. What is get it? On base. What is this? 2017? No. What's yeah, this? Yeah. 2000... No. How long yeah. have we been talking about that? They'll be stealing bases this year, dude. That's. We're primed and ready. We got fast guys. We're ready to steal bases. And they can't steal less. <laughs> so. We didn't even try oh, to steal bases. Yeah. They, like, they only we can go so up. Afraid, we were so afraid of COVID that we just decided to yeah. not steal bases. <laughs> like, I've heard that stealing bases causes COVID. Yeah. So only in extreme scenarios did we uh, steal bases. So like, what, yeah, like 30 the, times last year, when it was time. Yeah, when it was yeah. rumored that the first baseman might have been exposed to COVID, they were stealing yeah. second. Yeah, we were like, oh, the COVID sign. Give them the COVID sign. We got to take yeah. second. Take second. Whether you get thrown out or not doesn't matter. Just take it. True. True. Funny story. Funny story. Hell tight. Hell tight. Hell tight. Hell tight. <clears throat> All right. Um, but yeah, so the only other news about our clubs, uh, per se, uh, in terms of 2021, um, obviously we talked a little bit about Jack Flaherty and his arbitration case. Uh, Cardinals were splitting hairs over like less than a million dollars. And I am happy to say that uh, Flaherty won his arbitration case, so he will be making $3.9 million in 2021. Um I think the club had put up like 3.1 was like what they posted, but uh, Flaherty and, and his guys won the case for him. So getting that 3.9, which is I think reasonable, especially given that like the Dodgers just paid Walker Bueller kind of the same amount. And who I th- literally, if you could, if you were going to compare a pitcher to John or to John Mozilla, like to Jack Flaherty, it, by the numbers is Walker Buehler currently like they almost like uh, Jack has more strikeouts. Um, but other than that, like their numbers are pretty identical. Even Walker didn't even pitch that many games last year. We give Jack Flaherty shit for like not being like, like the Cole Hamels starter last year. Uh, not Cole Hamels fucking Garrett Cole. Garrett Cole. Uh, <laughs> well, started so last year, but like even Walker Buehler only, only started like, seven or eight games yeah so. it's and it's kind of unfair especially given like what the cardinals dealt with like not like oh man they had they dealt with this covid and that's why but because of that covid they played in so many double headers so yeah. it was just unfeasible that like if flaherty pitched every fifth game he would have been pitching on like three or four days rest so yeah there were just less games available for him to pitch and not to mention they only played 58 so everyone lost two games in terms of starts but there were just so many less options for him to pitch in games because, like, shit, like, well, I think there were some times that they had, like, three or four doubleheaders in, like, a 10-day period of time. Yeah. So, in 10 days, they played 14 games. 
like, okay, well, he only could start two of those, so that's 12 games he couldn't have started in, <laughs> you know, in the, in the rest of that time frame, where that typically would have been, like, eight. So he essentially, they essentially took an entire trip through the rotation away because of all the doubleheaders that they were playing. And that was just four of them. I think they ended up playing, like, what, eight or nine doubleheaders on the year? Yeah, it was, um, it was a decent amount. So if, if he loses, you know... It, like it, say those are 10 games he couldn't play in you know those double headers like it it makes sense um those 10 games plus the two were you know eight or nine double headers plus the two games they didn't play that's you know 10 10 games that were taken away from him so that's two additional starts so instead of being at like you know 10 11 he's at eight or nine and I think that's right where he finished. Like, didn't he have, like, seven or eight starts, I think, last year? Yeah, yeah, So, I mean, it, it's reasonable that he finished at a lower amount. He just also, when he pitched, though, he only pitched, like, one or two innings. Yeah, he definitely did not pitch deep into Very games. minimal, very minimal use last year. Um, and so I, that's what a lot of it, I think, led to speculation. Like, Jack's not happy and he's not going to be a Cardinal forever. Um, but I also, so I can't find anything that, because uh, I know we talked last week that, like, Jack was probably going to get his money. It really didn't matter. And, like, John Mosaic, that's why I was, like, said John Mosaic was going to come out and give this, like, of course we want Jack to have his money. We just, you know, thought it was fair for him and us to see what his market value is. And that's what arbitration is for. And, yeah, 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 we would want Jack here a long time. And, I haven't got an answer like that, but I'd only imagine that's John Mozalax and the the tunes or the their attitude towards it. But I would have been a little bit better. Like I would have much rather been in the Dodgers situation where they at least avoided arbitration, like were able to work out a small deal to get, you know, through to the next to the big deal, you know, like we're just this is just, I think Jack's second time in arbitration, so we're just gonna imagine he's probably gonna come here every year. Just as first contract. Yeah, the, that was just his first year of arbitration. Hmm. So he's got he's got two more, yeah. After this, so I'm, he'll he'll be in this path again. They're gonna have a difference in numbers, yeah, more that... than one time, unless they sign him to a long term term contract. And I think it it could help if Arenado continues to stay. Um, and Jack's like, you know, maybe we got a really good chance of winning if I stay here. But I, I, he's gonna the type of money pitchers are getting. He's gonna bring home a truck just because his name's jack flaherty and they talk highly of him you know even if he's even if he doesn't have great numbers someone's gonna pay him correct yeah like he he's definitely going to be that ace type material like you know like i don't know that he'll be up there with like the shane biebers of the world um well, he just gonna needs to get a new agent, Rachel Luba. Yeah, no shit. Yeah. But and, and it's <laughs> and it's interesting that like you you use that because I think like so I think Jack Flaherty is to like the new crop of of aces, you know, like your Giolitos, your Biebers, um, Tyler Glass now, like that new era of starter of of ace, like I. Cole's probably in that realm um, a little bit. Cole's a little older, I think. I want to say I think Cole's only like 29, maybe. Maybe he's a little older. Um, he's 30. Okay. Um, yeah, he'll be he'll be 31 this coming September. So he, he's a little older. 
but so Flaherty is to those guys as I think like Trevor Bauer is to like you know Kershaw, Darvish, uh, Scherzer, like that that group of guys, uh, Verlander, like like that that's like not really like you know like he he's not. Like, Flaherty's not the Jacob deGrom, but he's like the Noah Syndergaard, if that makes sense. Yeah, I got you. Um, so, he's like... One, he's, he's 1B. Yeah, he like, he... Yeah, exactly. Like, he he could be as, as dominant as Wainwright was if, like, early on as a starter, if he could find his Chris Carpenter. Um, yeah, like, that... It, it just, like, that guy to kind of be a workhorse off of like um i think if flaherty steps up into that role like dakota hudson could benefit from that type of scenario yeah i think that's the one thing like with dakota hudson not pitching this year i think a they've just been in the system together so like they know each other really well and then dakota hudson be working out some innings like um just uh one of those like grinders you know i'm not gonna say much yeah. like i'm gonna pitch really well i'm gonna pitch my innings i'm gonna get out of sticky situations like and he's just proved it for a uh, pretty long time so i think that was a good person to push him um with wayne right here obviously wainwright's gonna continue to push him whether wainwright's like as good as him anymore or not like that's just the clout you get as adam wainwright but i don't know if there's another guy on the roster currently that could really push him to be like great, great. So. Yeah. And then I, I also forgot um, the Yankees also signed uh, Robinson Chirinos to a minor league mm. deal. Chirinos new catcher, dude. Um, yeah. He's a little older, mm. um, but he worked with Cole and Houston. Um, and Cole just got his own two personalized catchers now <laughs> yeah, apparently Ball. so i'm reading Ball. i'm reading this in 2019 they played for houston together um and so over 68 and two-thirds innings with Torinos as the catcher cole had a 1.57 era with 114 strikeouts and that's in 68 innings 114 strikeouts that's so dumb that's so dumb. I, uh, I don't know if, if a catcher Trevor makes Bauer, that much of a difference, like, uh, but if I was Trevor Bauer, I'd be like, uh, so my catcher, I'm gonna need my own catcher. So Garrett Cole gets his own catcher, I get mine. Yeah. And I, I would like my catcher to be Rachel Luba. Rachel Luba, <laughs> she needs a multi year contract, uh, with as many opt outs as I have. Her opt outs are tied to my opt outs. Yeah, if I leave, she leaves with me. Yeah, we're a package deal. You um, pay her fifteen million dollars a year. Thank you. <laughs> Come again. Um, but yeah, so uh, free agents. Uh, I know we talked through a couple, but we'll just kind of mm-hmm. list through, share, share why mm-hmm. why I think they're relevant. Talk about some if you got anything to add. Um, quick hits. Quick <laughs> hits. So uh, the Giants signed uh, Jake McGee. Uh, relief pitcher. Um, no relation to friend of the show, Willie McGee. <laughs> true. Uh, two years, seven million. Pretty typical contract, I think, for a uh, middle reliever. Um, why I think it's relevant is 
this guy was a workhorse last year for the Dodgers out of their bullpen. Um, so I think that, you know, makes the Dodgers bullpen a little bit worse, obviously. Um, Giants were also a borderline team and they didn't have a great bullpen. Um, they actually tied with the Brewers for the last playoff spot and lost due to tiebreakers. Um, so it could put them in the mix as a potential playoff team with there being like the seven, uh, if they end up doing expanded postseason, I think right now it's still at five, but who knows? I think they expanded the postseason like as the year started or maybe even after the year started. Yeah, they're making up rules uh, as they go. Yeah, so so who knows? Uh, but it could just make things interesting. Um, <clears throat> but it, it could be one of those deciding factors between that Dodgers-Padres competition um, if the Dodgers just don't, like if they have some areas that don't work out as well as they did last year. Um, and also, I think it would have been uh, a fair deal. You know, $3.5 million a year seems like a great addition that the Yankees could have used to add to their bullpen. Just saying. Um, hey, yeah. Now when you got to sign Garrett Earth Cole's catchers, man, you got commitments, <laughs> mate. They signed him to a minor league deal. He's not signing a major league contract. Um, he comes up, though. Talked about, uh, obviously, Adam Duvall signed with the Marlins, one year, five million. Uh, he does have does have an option for 2022. Um, relevance there is, I just think that that impact bat could have been something that the Cardinals used to upgrade their outfield, um, add a depth piece. Um, I get like five million, maybe a little bit more than a depth piece, but he easily could have slotted in and played right field on a daily basis. Um, and you could just give Carlson some time in the minors. Um, no cheap time in the minors. Yeah, you know, whatever. Uh, I guess, like, with Fowler's contract being there, like, it's kind of like the equivalent of then paying, you know, Fowler or <laughs> Duvall $17 million, which is way too much. So yeah. may- maybe it was a bad fit, but felt like that maybe there could have been something there. Could have got tried to get creative or whatever. Um, Dodgers continue their spending spree brought back Justin Turner. I know we talked about last year that they've already like super exceeded the luxury tax. They already have like the well above the highest payroll in baseball. And they added Turner two years, 34 million with an option. Um, This is a, this is a great deal for the Cardinals though, because uh, you know, for the next two years, that Nolan Arenado probably ain't leaving your team because the team he also would like to be on has a third baseman. <laughs> Agreed. So, great deal for the Cardinals. Um, and, and there, uh, and there is, yeah, and there is an option for Turner, so yeah, that yeah. he could sign on for a third year. Yeah, he'd be and like, then... you know what? Fuck you, Arenado. I'm taking this third year. Forty years old. I don't give a fuck. Yep. Yep. My my year. This is my year, not your year. My year. Um talked about both of our teams obviously have a, a, a rotation spot open. Um, so anyone, any starting pitcher of note that signed like a short term or reasonable deal, I kind of threw on the list. Uh, one of those being James Paxton. He signed back with Seattle, which is where the Yankees actually got him from uh, one year, eight and a half million. I think that that is a steal for Seattle. Um, I think it's a very great deal. I think Paxton signed the type of deal that he needed to. Like, I'll show that I'm healthy. I'll show that I can pitch. Um, I'll earn a big contract. Like, this is fine. Like, I couldn't stay healthy in New York, but he did produce when he was on the mound for the most part. Uh, had a couple rough outings, but also wasn't 100% most of the time. So, 
<laughs> I would not have been mad if the Yankees brought back Paxton on a one-year, eight-and-a-half-million-dollar deal. Um, the A's signed. Uh, they re-signed uh, Yasmiro Petit and signed Sergio Romo, both to one-year deals. I didn't see how much they signed them for, but I think that they were relatively low, like a couple million. Uh, threw those on there, basically, is just more bullpen options taken away from New York. Talk about how you have all this, like how you need to solidify the bullpen. Getting some, some arms that can give you some experience. Can't have too many of them. And if you want proof in that, so the Padres signed, um, I'm going to butcher this guy's name. I think it's Keon uh, Kella. And Mark Melanson. Um, so, in, in the National League, assuming there's no, like, universal DH, you're probably going to carry, like, eight or nine relief pitchers. So, you're probably running, like, 13 or 14 pitchers total. Um, the Padres currently, in their franchise, have 16 relief pitchers with major league experience. They're uh, hoarding <laughs> pitcher specs. You can't so, have any. So literally, everyone in their AAA team has seen significant pitching, like has, has seen a decent amount of innings at the major league level as well. Every one of their pitchers at the and the at AAA essentially, unless they cut guys. The best part about that is they still don't have like a pure closer. Like, Melanson's probably the closest thing they have to it. I think of, like, the 16 guys, I think there's, like, six or seven of them that have seen time as a closer for one team or another. Uh, Kella being included, who closed for the Pirates a couple years back. Um, but I was like, Jesus, man, like, 16 arms with Major League experience. Crazy amount of arms. Um... The Mets signed uh, Mike Montgomery and Tommy Hunter, uh, both to minor league deals. Um, they're another team that they have more arms than roster spots. Um, both Montgomery and Hunter could be utilized as starters or relievers. Um, so just more bullpen options, more flexible options that are cheap deals because they're minor league contracts like if they don't make the team you can just cut them and whatever it's like if they don't perform in spring training then you just don't roll with it uh didn't hear any of their names mentioned you know with the yankees being interested just seems like it could be a good fit for what they need um it still feels weird to call him the tribe because we don't know what their teammate's going to be. So that's kind of what everyone's writing is just calling him the tribe since they aren't going by the Indians anymore. Uh, they signed Ben Gamble and Billy Hamilton to minor league deals. Um, both of them will be competing for an outfield spot. Um, I think that with these minor league contracts, they're, they're definitely like they could be perfect for those like it wouldn't be an impact bat but it would be like a uh like i don't want to say utility but they would be perfect in my opinion as like a fifth outfielder um both really good defensively well above average speed um i think they both i i know billy hamilton's a switch hitter i think ben gamble's bats left-handed um so just you know, options that 
and like they're really really good depth pieces and you sign they got signed to minor league contracts like so those are the type of deals that it's like why weren't our teams involved in those like where where were our teams in that boat the uh, the only comment I have to make on that is um, I think if you're going to change the name from the Indians um, because of uh, racial amplification the Indians could have, I would think Tribe should be right there along with that. So I think that the reason why it's a little bit more PC is because a Tribe doesn't, it isn't necessarily strictly Native American. Um, Fair. And it, and and it isn't derogatory fair if that's where you started you know for sure you should definitely probably distance yourself a little bit more (laughs) it's not cleveland right cleveland wasn't out here like hey in the in in the interim call us tribe you know correct it's not cleveland's fault it's kind of what just people have done right but and to to be fair like a lot of people called them that before before it even was like a big thing, like a lot of people just right. call them the tribe. Like it, it's a, right. a a nickname that the team's but gone by for a long their name time. Was the Indians, Correct, right? and only everyone was like, Indians. "This just feels Which wrong. Let's call them something else." Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, I agree. Like, is it better? Weird. Is weird. it better? Yes. Could it? Could, is it the right play? Probably not. <laughs> is it the Cleveland baseball? team no. um yeah no don't i would rather call them the indians than the cleveland baseball team no. maybe the that's cleveland City, uh soccer club maybe yeah <laughs> uh yeah um yeah but yeah i just but, don't get yeah, no. i like especially like you were talking about that uh like oh cardinals should run more well cool like this would be a great option either one of these guys is like a fifth outfielder so it's like you know late late game um you know and molina gets that patented you know base hit whatever you know he comes up mr clutch this is what he does off 12 pitches in a row he gets that base hit 19th pitch he gets that base hit. So cool. So like, let's just pinch run for him. Get Billy Hamilton on there. He's you know potential threat to steal second. He's scoring on any hit to the wall. Um, you know if he steals second, he's scoring on any base hit probably. Uh, it it just whoa, whoa. whoa. Are you saying our outfielders aren't fast? Yeah. Um, they're not Billy Hamilton fast. Are you saying Lane Thomas isn't fast? Uh, I have no idea, but um, the, the no one in the outfield is is Billy Hamilton fast. Dude, Billy Hamilton old fast, you know. Billy Hamilton's Billy Hamilton dude. was in like that. Billy dude Hamilton was fast. in the the ninety seventh percentile in Major League Speed last year. Let's see, dude. Lane Thomas was the fastest guy to play baseball last year. That's oh, bullshit! Bullshit then. Then never mind. Hello. Yeah. Then never mind. You're right. Fly. We're gonna figure this out though. Yeah. Um, talked about Arietta's one-year deal. I don't know what he signed for with the Cubs. I uh, it's probably out now. I, I just haven't seen it. Um, just a relevance there. Obviously, Cubs are you know a team that could potentially compete with the Cardinals. I don't think they will. I think it's more the Brewers are likely going to be. Um, the biggest competition if the Reds offense stays healthy and learns how to hit, um, they could potentially be a threat, I guess. Um, both teams really only have two starters and then nothing after that. Um, so I, but I think like in some combination of 
their offenses are a little better and the Cardinals offenses, like the pieces that are stepping up, don't perform to the level that like don't perform any better than what they did last year, then it could close that gap a little bit. Um, otherwise I could see, you know, Milwaukee, Cincinnati finishing like that, like 82 to like 85, 86 wins. And I think the Cardinals will be closer to like 90, 95. Uh, so close, but not close. Obviously any changes in people not performing or guy having a big year could change that. Um, terms of uh, utility guys um, is Drupal Cabrera, who we talked about before. Mm, he uh, might be a keeper. Yeah, he, a keeper. He signed, signed with the keeper. Diamondbacks. Uh, one year, $1.75 million. Um, I has time, played second, third, shortstop. I think he's played a little bit of first base in his time. Um, I think he's played some outfield. Just a great above average utility guy all around veteran he plays baseball you know yeah um right up there top candidate. cheap 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 cheap, cheap. option for for cheap, what cheap, they cheap. for exactly what the cardinals need in my opinion um so again just weird that, like they weren't in on the mix at all um and then last but not least um, I hated on him a whole bunch last Here he last is. week. Uh, Marwin Gonzalez got himself a contract. Um, You're allowed to hate on that guy, though. One year, $3 million, which is down a significant amount from his 10 per year deal he signed with Minnesota. But I think it is worth pointing out that Marwin Gonzalez signed with the Boston Red Sox, who have now also brought back Cora as their manager. Marwin Gonzalez, when he had his best year in Houston in 2017, that's when Core was also in Houston when they did their dirty cheatingness. So, all you fantasy owners out there, maybe consider drafting Marwin Gonzalez because trash can banging or some variant may be back in Boston this year. <laughs> you know, you got players, you got coaches, you got a team that finished last in the AL East last year. Um, I don't give a fuck. Yeah, it's probably why they traded Benintendi in a weird-ass deal that yeah, Kansas City like... traded for him. Because they were probably like, nah, this guy like, this guy looks like he went to Duke. You know, let's, we can't trust him. You know, this guy looks like he meets up with Branner for, for, for with Tanner and Bryce for brunch, you know, every Saturday. You know, before, they, before they go play racquetball. So yeah. like we can't we can't have Benintendi. Um speaking of that though, I they they got four guys, only gave up the one. The Mets got involved, they got a guy and gave up a guy. Kansas City got Benintendi and they gave up four prospects. It's really weird. Like I feel like the Royals aren't competing for anything and Benintendi's a free agent in 2023. So they have him for this year and next year. And uh, I don't think that they're going to compete with Minnesota or Chicago. Um, and they certainly aren't competing with the top teams of the AL East. 
Um, yeah, but you got, dude, you got a coach and an ownership over there, though, that just knows how to build a team. So yeah, it's just it's just weird that like they, <laughs> that they made this deal. I don't I don't know. Um, so we'll see. <clears throat> um, so that was really the only trade of note, and it was strictly just because I thought it was odd that uh the Royals got Benintendi. Um, rumor mill, rumor mill. Um, so Jackie Bradley Jr. There's apparently, apparently some, he's ready to cheat again. Yeah, there's some some talk that he might be returning back to Boston. Um, after the Benintendi trade, um, I kind of hope that he doesn't. Um, I think I made a comment to you about it before we started recording. So 2018, when the Red Sox won the World Series, it was uh, Benintendi. Jackie Bradley Jr. and Mookie Betts were their starting outfield. So if Jackie Bradley Jr. signs elsewhere, not it it'll be, you know, not even three seasons later and all three of them would be gone. And they were all like the young, up and coming core outfield, like staples of the team that they were gonna build around. Yeah, dude, um, I take a Jackie Bradley Jr. uh in our outfield. Um yeah, I mean I I think that like there were certainly options that the Cardinals could have just made a play if they wanted to invest long-term. Um, but it would have been like a top dollar kind of thing for a guy at that level. Um, if they wanted to get like a big investment on a short-term thing, I think Michael Brantley was still the play. I'm surprised the Cardinals weren't bigger players for that. Um, I think Brantley would do wonders in right field for the Cardinals. Uh, but yeah, like, if they want to make a big splash like JBJ or uh, George Springer, I think both would have been big options, but I think Springer got paid way more than he should have in Toronto. So who knows? Um, other interesting rumors. Uh, Mets are apparently still looking for a third baseman. Uh, Chris Bryant and Matt Chapman are apparently on their radar. I guess they were also in the mix for Turner and um, Turner was like, Hey, sorry, New York. <laughs> I'm also not signing with you. Yeah. Hey, uh, I, uh, Rachel Luba is also my agent now. She, yeah. We're going to play in New York. Oh, the Dodgers aren't in Brooklyn anymore. Oh, my bad. Sorry, New York. We're, Whoops. we're wearing Dodger blue. Whoops, dude! I would be, dude. I'm not a huge, obviously, Chris Bryant fan because he plays for the Cubs. Um, and I also kind of rank him up there, in which is kind of fitting since him and Bryce Harper are boys. Kind of rank him right up in there, just a little overrated. Um, but uh, I'd take him leaving our division for show, dude. Anything to watch the Cubs get a little worse, and it'd be great. So. I agree. It's kind of my why I feel the way I do about Jackie Bradley Jr. Like, I get it. Oh, you were like the one bright spot. That's why I think it's great that the Royals traded for Benintendi. Like, cool. Like, he was a good player. Now I've seen someone to get like Verdugo away from him. Be great. I'd love to see the Red Sox lose like 100 games. Yeah. That'd be amazing. Yeah. Until uh, until the Yankees go play the Royals and, you know, Benintendi. Like, just lights them up. Like, yeah, I'll, those would be the up. games. Those would be the games I travel down to Kansas City to see. You know, hit like four yeah. home runs, two games. Yep. 
you yeah. know, off of Cole because Cole will be yeah, giving that's him all fun. he does. So. It'll at least it'll all be solo <laughs> shots, but yeah. Um, so. but the Tampa Bay Rays, I don't know how they do it. Um, Morton and Snell left. I thought for sure they were gonna have probably a relatively shitty starting rotation. They just had class now is really it. Um, they're apparently on the verge of bringing in Rich Hill, which Rich Hill by himself, not so much. Um, but they also signed Chris Archer, which I think is a, a big deal. Um, they also added Michael Waka that could or could not be a great pickup. Yeah, I mean, Michael um, Waka, I mean, if he pitches well, he stays healthy. And that's and that's all anyone does in Tampa Bay. Like, I don't get it. Yeah. Like, what they're going to do, like, they're going to sign Rich Hill. All four of them are going to win 12 to 15 games. Glass now will probably win like 17. It'll just be stupid. Like, for whatever uh, reason, they'll all rejuvenate their careers at the same time in Tampa Bay because that's just what happens. And Tampa Bay's got a pretty stacked uh, bullpen, right? Like, they yes. only really need guys to pitch like five innings because that's Waka's problem, man. If you go, if, if there was advanced stats to look at Waka, anything past the fifth inning, man, he was probably a really bad pitcher and maybe even the fourth inning. But, man, if you could get him out of the game sometime in the fifth inning and just not really ever care about it, Michael Walker is going to be one of your best pitchers. Like, it's going to be – mark those words. If he only has to pitch five innings, he's going to be a really good pitcher. I, I honestly think that it could be something that, like, they partner him with, like, Ryan Yarbrough. Um, it's like a righty-lefty, and it would just be, like, Waka might only pitch, like, three, four innings. Like, he would just go through the lineup maybe once. Um, maybe get through the top part of the lineup a second time. Um, you know, so he just tries to get those, like, you know, maybe he only goes two innings here or there. Um, and then you just follow him up with Yarbrough coming from the other side. Cause I'm pretty sure Yarbrough's lefty. He might be right-handed too, but either way, like Yarbrough typ- typically pitched with an opener previously to guard him from an extra time away from the top of the lineup. Um, so I think if you just go with Waka, and a situation where he goes through the rotation once and you hide everybody from Yarbrough in that regard, then you're, you're good. And he just, that's what he does. He goes like that three or four innings. It could end up working for him because that's the kind of crazy shit that they do in Tampa Bay. Yeah. That's what they do. Crazy shit. Um, Got some breaking news on your next update. San Francisco looking to add a starting pitcher. Yeah, did they sign somebody? Yeah, apparently they... Oh, where'd it go? Uh, reports are saying that the Giants are in agreement with right-hander Aaron Sanchez on a $4 million deal. Oh, interesting. That is not one of the guys that I expected them. I thought that they would make a bigger splash. Yeah. Um, And then maybe they still could. Maybe they're in on two Yeah, or... Yeah, maybe. Um, But... I know that like Odorizzi and Walker were at like the top of their list from what I was reading. Um, obviously Aaron Sanchez pitched in Toronto for a little bit. Um, definitely not a bad option. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Did he play last year? I feel like he might've been hurt. Aaron Sanchez. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I can't put him on a team last year. Um, let's see. Um, yeah, he was in Houston and it, like he finished in Houston in 2019 and he did not pitch at all last year. 
Yeah, so the last time I knew he was on was Toronto. So that, yeah. Yeah, that's like a bulk of where it was at. Um, not not great numbers. Twenty nineteen. Yeah, not great numbers. And uh, Toronto was a great team though back then either. Yeah, they they so. they were still very young when like his twenty nineteen season. Uh, they're a much different team than they were. Um. Yeah. But I mean he had some good years like 2016 obviously, you know, 15 and 2. That's uh 192 innings pitched. It's pretty good. Pretty good stuff. Um So it's uh it's an interesting addition and like I said they might still add more. Um but I know the Mets are also still apparently looking to add a starting pitcher after missing out on Bauer. Um so I they could probably sign I know rumor was that they offered more money to Bauer than LA did, um, which is just ridiculous. So they could probably afford to sign Odorizzi and Walker for that same amount, if not less. So who knows what kind of splash they'll make. Um, And then the only other thing I imagine at this point, I haven't seen anything official, but I know it seemed like it was getting pretty close. um, Was that Brad Miller was, close to a deal to return back to Philadelphia where he had played previously game changer, Brad Miller. Yeah. So that number four hitter solidifying that lineup <clears throat> right behind, uh, Bryce Harper. Um, yeah, I mean, be real Muto batting fourth, but whoa, not if you got Brad Miller in your lineup, dude, he, no, that's, he only bats fourth for the St. Louis Cardinals. Nah, you'll be surprised when you see him, dude. You'll be like, oh, I will. I will certainly be surprised. Look at that. Look at this guy raking him. That is accurate. Um, I'm out there for a rip. That's not what they're going to say about Bread Miller, by the way. So. Yeah. Um, be a nice Bread Miller. Oh. Ads, 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 ads. Stop. Um, oh, dude. Don't be watching so... that while you're podcasting, dude. What are you ads? <laughs> so... Uh, the only other things I had, um, I know we're we're sitting at like 135, 136, something like that. One thirty seven. You know, we don't have to we don't have to crest, you know, two hours. It's all right. Um, so the other things I had, uh, we talked about the spring training adjustments already. Um, yeah. The major leagues finally did something officially with the minor leagues. Um, I'm a big fan of the changes that they made. Um, I think it is a little more solidified. Um, those organizations are now actually under contract with the MLB. Um, they reduced it to just 120 teams. So all 30 clubs have four teams, triple A, double A, high A, and low A. Um, there are no longer like okay. eight, eight teams for every fucking franchise. Um, I don't know what is going on. Cause I know like there are some teams that have like Dominican league teams and stuff like that. I don't know what's happening with those. Um, there was still like the Arizona fall league. I don't know if that's something separate, um, or, or what teams are going on with that. Um, I know just currently the collective is just being, uh, just known as like the professional development league. Um, but they expect that name to change because they'll probably send out sell naming rights for it. Um, they compared it to like the NBA's G league, which is obviously sponsored by Gatorade. Um, so it uh it it'll be interesting to see what happens with everything but i think things will be at a much higher standard um 
I think this might equate to long term for like fran like a franchises that have certain standards, but I think B it might you might see it be an increase in pay for minor leaguers. Um because there's a reduction of teams, so they don't have seven teams worth of people that they're paying. So if there's like three teams not making thirty thousand dollar minimum, like you can take that ninety thousand, you know, per player essentially and shift it up into the rest of the organization with it being no extra money. I don't know that that's what will happen, but maybe it will. Um, I know there are league minimums in each of those as well, uh, just significantly lower than what the major league league minimum is. Um, so who knows? Um, and then maybe also with the start of that, it'll there'll be some carryover in terms of like, you know, when free agency happens and like player progression and like the MLB has more say and like will have more of an influence in that um, as a league because they those teams are now in agreement. So could be could be good things coming in terms of development for the MLB now that they have some structure to it. Um, I don't know if you saw the uh, the all underrated team that MLB.com did. I did not. Um, I didn't read through a lot of it. I just made note of it because the shortstop was Paul DeYoung and the center fielder was Aaron Hicks. So I was like, oh, cool. Our guys got some love. Yeah, they um, are underrated, you know? Yeah. yeah. So so we'll, we'll see. Um, hopefully they, they don't go underrated this year and everyone just hypes them up and they perform well. Uh, I think both guys can be uh, – pretty big game changers for their teams respectively. I think DeYoung more so than Hicks. Um, yeah, yeah. You don't quite need Hicks to like hit like they're going to, you guys are going to score a bunch of runs, but man, if DeYoung hits well, um, it will, it will really change our lineup. I do believe for sure. Um, and it, and on the opposite side, I think like, sucks for DeYoung cause... yeah, if they both don't hit like, so I, I think if they, if they both do hit, DeYoung does far more for the Yankee or for the Cardinals than Hicks does for the Yankees. But if they both were to not hit DeYoung's far more detrimental to yeah, the Cardinals yeah, yeah, yeah. than Hicks is to the Yankees. Um, the show. So it's, it's kind of a double-edged sword in that regard. Um, it's a low upside, but you know, a pretty high downside for Hicks. And then the opposite for DeYoung. Um, so I guess the last thing um, that I have on here is normally a lot of things of what we look at is MLB.com. But CBS mm-hmm. Sports put out their first official power rankings for 2021. Um, and this was as of yesterday. So any moves I think that have been made we're not taking into consideration. Um, and I was kind of surprised by, by some of the, the placement of some teams. Um, Let's go check it out. CBS Sports. Yeah. So they, uh, I, I started at the bottom. Like I think the, the bottom tier 
it's kind of expected, like the last 10 teams essentially, which are starting at 30th. It's like Pittsburgh, Colorado, Baltimore, Detroit, Texas, Seattle, Miami, Kansas City, Arizona, San Francisco. I think that that's all pretty reasonable. Um, like that 15 to 20 is Boston, Cleveland, Chicago, uh, Cubs, Phillies, Brewers, and the Reds. I think those are all pretty reasonable. Um, the Angels are number 14. Kind of surprised by that. Um, I know they've made some additions, but just in like how they've, they've performed, like and they finished, you know, eight games below 500 last year in a 60 game season. I, 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 I guess like maybe it's kind of one in the same, but I think like if I were, if I were ranking these, like if they were to group them together, like 14 through 21 ish, if that was like one tier, sure. Um, but they didn't, they placed them all in certain areas. And I think they kind of almost have it in reverse. Like I think San Francisco, Cincinnati, Milwaukee, Philadelphia should be more towards the top. Um, and Boston and LA, the angels should be like more down towards the bottom. Um, they have the Cardinals at number 13. Um, I, I get they didn't have a great year last year. Um, but I think like they probably have improved more than most other teams with adding Arenado. Like that they probably did a better job of checking some boxes. Um, and not that I think that they're going to be like competing for a World Series or anything like that. Um but just some of the teams that are in front of them, like immediately in front of them, I, I struggle with a little bit like Oakland and Houston predominantly like Oakland's at number 12, Houston's at number nine. Uh, so I, I could just, I think I would make an argument. Like if I were doing power rankings, I think I would have the Cardinals in the top 10 at the very least with mm. their makeup. Um, so them being 13, like, Again, like, if they were grouping them together, sure. But I think if you're going to split them out this way, like, Houston, and I know um, that this just made me think of it. So when I was talking about the the best rotations and I brought up how they didn't even mention Verlander um, and how I thought it was crazy they didn't mention Verlander, well, I forgot Verlander had Tommy John surgery and he's not pitching at yeah. all in 2021. So that's why they didn't mention him. Um, but so a team that like they lost George Springer, they, they don't have Verlander again. Um, Houston's only gotten worse. Like they didn't really get better and they weren't that great last year. They finished two games below 500. Like, how can you say that they're better than the Cardinals? Like those power rankings just don't make sense to me. Right. They aren't cheating anymore. Cora's not there at all. Beltran's not there at all. Um, I, I would think like. I view the Cardinals kind of on par with Tampa Bay and the Nationals, in my opinion. Like, so the, them being kind of right there in that mix, the Rays are 10, the Nationals are 11. That's where I would kind of view them. Um, but really, I think I think the biggest oddball 
to all of this that really throws a wrench in things is they have the Mets at fifth. So, um, so to get there, so Cardinals at 13, A's at 12, Nationals, Rays, Astros, Blue Jays. Um, I could see like them getting shifted down a little bit if we were to move like Rays, Nationals, Cardinals into the top 10. It would probably be like Toronto, Houston that would drop down. Um, White Sox at seven, Twins at six. I think that's kind of a toss up. Um, they they would certainly be top 10 teams, but the Mets. And number five, they they moved the Mets 17 spots up from where they were ranked, I think, in like their last power rankings at the end of the year. Um, and I'm not going to say that they, that they aren't a better team, but they they haven't really done a whole lot. Like, like well, they got a new owner. Right, but what? But yeah, he said that he was going to spend a lot of money, and their name was attached to a lot of guys, but like. They, like what they brought in uh, James McCann and that's really it. Like I know they brought in like some good like secondary pieces, some depth options. They're getting Syndergaard back. Um, so like, I, I get like that they've made some moves, but like they didn't get Bauer. They didn't get Real Muto. Um, like they, they didn't trade for any of the other big starting pitchers that were available. Um, I guess they brought in Lindor, uh, as the guy I forgot about. So like they, they've added some pieces, but they lost Cano, who was like one of their best offensive outputters last year. Wonder why. Uh, he's, he's cheating. Um, so it, it just like, I don't feel like they've done enough to say that like, Hey, we're a top five team. Um, it's just really, really crazy to me. Um, then they have the Braves at number four which I also am kind of hit or miss on. Um, their their pitching staff is pretty disgusting, and they brought Ozuna back, so maybe their offense should be fine. Um, I think they just didn't look very good in the postseason. That's kind of why they leave a sour taste in my mouth. Um, but I, I guess someone's got to be up there. Um, I'm, I'm kind of on the fence with the Yankees being number three, even, um, I just don't know who I would put there. Um, maybe more like, I think like the White Sox could probably be a little higher. Like I wouldn't be surprised if like it were, you know, maybe like White Sox, Twins, Yankees, Braves, Mets, something like that. I think it would make a little bit more sense. Um, but they have, uh, Padres number two, Dodgers number one. I hope that that's wrong. I hope that, I hope the Padres end up being <laughs> number one in that division. Um, just cause I hope it's, I hope it's very short lived and I just want the only win the Dodgers get to be like that 2020 asterisk ridden <laughs> world series championship on a 60 game season. Um, you know, with a weird playoff format where they played in front of, you know, where they played at neutral sites with the DH in effect every game um, against a team that probably shouldn't have been there in the Rays. Um, I honestly think the Rays only made it because of the new format uh, where, like, their bullpen depth 
played a significant part in like, especially them beating the Yankees. Um, Titus, I think it'd be fun that if like that's their only, their only championship would be that one. Bob, what do you think about like the Cardinals being number thirteen? Uh, I'm not mad about it. Like, would I think we're a top ten team? Yeah, but I mean the Rays did play better. Like they just played well last year, so I can't really be mad at that. I, the Oakland Athletics, they're gonna always find a way to like kind of make the playoffs, I do believe, at this point in time. Like they're getting pretty good at that, but like are they really gonna like go any farther than like that level of competition? And the Nationals I mean they had like they have one of the nastier rotations, might be getting older, but um they're not a bad team and they're just off of a uh, winning a championship, but uh, so I would say that I'd like to think the Cardinals are a top 10 team, but I would also like to say that if the Cardinals would have batted, you know, 30 to 40 points higher than, as a team or something stupid that we did last year, like I might be able to make a decent argument of like, no, like this is going to be it. Does Nolan Ironato probably make them a top 10 team? Probably. But I think that all hinges around other people also stepping up. So not mad about it. Um, uh, yeah, I, you know, we're winning the central. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I definitely think the Oakland A's, like as as of like in their current scenario, are like the uh, they're the they're the St. Louis Cardinals of the NL uh, of the AL. Like they're that that's that setup. Like you know, they the Cardinals had to deal with the Cubs being really good for a couple years. That's what the A's dealt with with the Astros. Um, and then other than that, like no one else really competed. Everyone's just kind of meh, um, kind of right there on the cusp, but didn't really go anywhere. Um, you know, that's like the Rangers and the Mariners, uh, type teams. Um, but yeah, they just like, like, uh, you know, that, and well, I guess, the only thing they're lacking is they, they don't have a Pittsburgh Pirates. Um, I guess they have the the closest comparison would be the Angels um, in that the Pirates do really poorly because they, like, cause they don't pay anyone and the Angels pay everyone a whole bunch of money and then they also do poorly. <laughs> so it's not as bad as the Pirates, but the expectation of payroll and on paper so like the disappointment level is probably greater as an angels fan than it is a pirates fan because like as a pirates fan if you're like oh shit we're playing meaningful baseball in august you're happy and angels fans are like oh we didn't make the playoffs this is a huge disappointment so i think just the the a's of are kind of that Cardinals team of the AL, you know, like that the AL West kind of the NL Central. There, a lot of similarities there. It's fair. So I I agree when you say that, like the A's just find a way to make the playoffs. It's like yeah, all right. Occasionally we'll be a wild card because an, another team in the division pops off, but we're gonna be relevant. We're gonna you know make the playoffs. I didn't get the Cardinals a little stretch where they didn't, but prior to that, it's. It's usually pretty consistent that they're uh they're in there fighting for things. Um, we didn't get to the expansion talk again. 
uh, we'll see. I expect I expect the hot stove to kind of slow down. Um, is, is the yeah, is the with, spring training yeah, starts? Yeah, spring starting up. Um, we won't have we won't have full squads reporting yet. That'll be like the first day. Um, if we record next Monday, like we're supposed to, um, so maybe that would be the the time for it. Uh, maybe there won't be as much news to talk about, but we'll see. We'll we'll cover it eventually. Um, anything else on on your radar? Anything you wanted to talk about? Mm. No. I'm getting ready to. I'm going to read this story about next season's off season top ten for free agents. Uh, oh, from uh, on ML on MLB's website? No, it's on uh, CBS. Oh yeah, yeah, CBS. That's the website. Yeah, on. yeah I was. Uh, I did a quick read of uh, landing spots for Jackie Bradley Jr. And uh, the last one was uh, "Don't Sleep on the Cardinals." Oh, that I, I think that would be yeah. interesting. I think it would definitely be the type of move that they they need to make. I think yeah, if they good. if they did something like that, it would it would definitely make them more of a a threat to do some damage in the postseason. Um, I still don't think it puts them to like win a pennant. You know, I don't think they're going to be World Series bound, but I could see them being like in the NLCS or something along those lines. Yeah, let's see, because Jackie Bradley Jr. Even the article says he's not that great of a hitter. His career batting average is a big two thirty nine. I mean, that's a Cardinals batting average in the outfield, so fit in perfectly. But he hit some homers. Yeah, maybe lefty. So I don't know. We'll see. Where's your? Where's your? Where's your? Are these like? I think he can bang a trash can. <laughs> Jesus, like the <laughs> all like. Man, all kinds of shortstops hitting the market next year. Yeah, dude, everyone's getting a shortstop next year. Yeah, the top four spots are all shortstops. Yeah, well, getting one, you need one, better get one. <laughs> yeah, we we did if we didn't get LeMahieu, but now they don't really have a spot for him. I guess if Voight's terrible, you could try to get DJ to play first. Move Torres to second. Boy, it's not going to be terrible, dude. He's been hanging out at Bass Pro Shop all <laughs> summer. Yeah. All winter, he's good to go. True, true. Getting that yoga on. But, <laughs> all right, cool. Well, if we got nothing else, then uh, I guess until next week. Yeah, thanks for uh, stopping by and stay cool. Bye.